Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. We are starting a series this month called Jesus in the Old Testament. And we'll be looking at a number of different passages from the Old Testament that point to or directly relate to Jesus and his work. And the passage today has a lot to do with a situation that many of us are familiar with. And that's cleaning up the messes of your kids. How many of you here have children? How many of you here have annoying younger siblings? Okay, so you, both, both categories, you understand this situation. It's a situation where you own a particular thing, or you have a right to a particular thing, whether it's a toy, or a television, or a cell phone, or a laptop, or a book, and you have that thing, and then the children or the younger sibling comes along and shatters it. Are we all familiar with that situation? Where you have this, this precious thing or this valuable thing, sometimes this expensive thing, and because you have allowed your younger sibling or your children to use it, and maybe you haven't allowed them to use it and they just used it anyways, right? And now it's broken, you know, the cell phone that they managed to somehow grab and then they were fighting over it and then they broke the screen? Anybody? Nobody? The laptop that got dropped? The car that got put in the ditch? You, are, you, are, you, are you tracking with me? And we have these situations in our lives with those who are younger than us or those who are under us. They take these things. For some of you, it's your spouse that has done this. Um, And you are left with this object or this thing, and you're left with the mess, and your kids are completely unable to fix it. Your kids can't fix the shattered cell phone. Your kids can't fix the book that they ripped apart. Your kids can't figure out how to get the car out of the ditch and repair for it. They don't have that money. They don't have that access. They don't have that means. They don't know what to do. And so you are left to clean it up and fix it, aren't you? How many of you have found yourself in that situation with kids or younger siblings or something and they, somebody else has made the mess, and you are left bearing the cost and the weight of fixing it. And then you become an adult. And our habit of breaking things continues, doesn't it? We break things. We do things that mess up marriages. They compromise our finances. They put our jobs in jeopardy. That ruin friendships and relationships. 
that make our family unit and connections really awkward and all of a sudden unsafe. We walk down a path where we're just overwhelmed now with anxiety or fear, or we have this, we begin down this path where we become addicted to a sin that starts eroding our soul and eroding our confidence and eroding the relationships and our connections with people and our ability to move forward. And we end up in this situation where there are lots of things in our lives that are broken. But now we're in the place where who's left to fix it for us? Well, I believe that we find that answer in the Old Testament. We find the answer to that question in the Old Testament talking about Jesus. In Isaiah chapter 53, we find the prophet Isaiah talking about this person that's going to come and fix this situation, fix our brokenness. We find the prophet Isaiah at least 400 years before Jesus came talking about him. And I'm going to read to you the entirety of Isaiah chapter 3 because we need to hear every word of this chapter. I'm going to be reading it to you in the message because it's a long chapter and I wanted to give it a little bit of flow and I think the message does a great job of capturing the meaning. But this prophet Isaiah is talking about Jesus and talking about what he was going to do and for us what he has done. This is what it says, Isaiah chapter 53. Who believes what we've seen and heard and seen? Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? The servant grew up before God, a scrawny seedling, a scrubby plant in a parched field. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down and passed over, a man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, thought he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried. Our disfigurements. All the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him. That ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins. He took the punishment, and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. We're all like sheep who have wandered off and gotten lost. We're, we've all done our own thing, gone our own way. And God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong, on him. On him. He was beaten, he was tortured, but he didn't say a word. Like a lamb taken to the slaughter and like a sheep being sheared, he took it all in silence. Justice miscarried and he was let off. And did anyone really know what was happening? He died without a thought for his own welfare, beaten bloody for the sins of my people. They buried him with the wicked, threw him in a grave with a rich man, even though he'd never hurt a soul or said one word that wasn't true. Still, it wasn't God. 
It was, it's what, still, it's what God had in mind all along. To crush him with pain. The pain was that he gave himself as an offering for sin. So that he'd see life come at life, life, and more life. And God's plan will deeply prosper through him. Out of that terrible travail of soul, he'll see that it's worth it and be glad he did it. Through what he experienced, my righteous one, my servant, will make many righteous ones. As he himself carries the burden of their sins. Therefore, I'll reward him extravagantly, the best of everything, the highest honor. Because he took, because he looked death in the face and didn't flinch. Because he embraced the company of the lowest. He took on his shoulders the sin of the many. And he took up the cause of all the black sheep. We see in the Old Testament, Isaiah declared that Jesus would be broken to fix our brokenness. Now I've had the experience of being that kid that put the car in the ditch. I had to call my dad. He had to come pick me up. He got the tow truck. He got the car out. Dad took care of it. Now that was a long time ago. Last year, I decided that I would learn how to use Dad's chainsaw. And there were like three or four things that I did wrong and basically ruined his very expensive chain that he put on the chainsaw. And you know who fixed it? Dad did. I'm the one that messed up. But he's the one that had to take the time, the effort, the money the pain and the stress to fix it. It wasn't more money out of my pocket. It wasn't more stress out of me. I didn't get punished for these things. It was an added weight to Dad, and he fixed it. And Isaiah is saying that is, that is like what God has done for you. That you and me have sinned and we have broken things. And there have been things that have happened to us not because of our sin, but because of the sins of others. And we as a collective people, as humanity, our sin as a humanity has broken our world. And God has looked at that and said, I'll cover the cost. I'll put the time in. I'll carry the weight and the stress. I'll carry that. And I will be broken to fix this. To fix this world. To fix you. Now many of you here, this is not a new story. 
Many of you here know this story about Jesus. Many of you here know the story of, of Isaiah 53. You've heard it, you've read it, you know it. It's one of your favorite passages. And you may be tempted this morning to think, you know what, I know this, I know Jesus has died for my sin, and just set that aside and be like, why is the preacher dealing with this same simple truth again? I want some deeper stuff. Well, let me tell you. That if this truth doesn't do something to your heart right now, if it doesn't fill you with a passion and a desire and a need to humbly go before God, then you must be careful because the enemy has planted a seed of pride in your heart. I don't care if you've been a follower of Jesus for 30, 50, 60 years. If the truth of Jesus being broken to heal your brokenness does not humble you and fill you with a passion to worship Him, it's because you have forgotten just how broken you were, and sometimes still are. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Jesus came and was broken to fix your brokenness. He came to forgive you of your sins. He came to remedy the sin problem. He, he came to free you from the addiction to sin. He came to restore relationships. He came to save marriages. He came to rescue and to provide for you. He came to make a way that that sin from your past doesn't hold you in guilt, in shame anymore. He came to make a way so that you don't have to repeat the re mistakes of your past, that you don't have to fall into sin and continue doing them, that you don't have to be scared of the consequences, that you can actually have a future and a life beyond it, that you don't have to continue repeating the mistakes that you've made or your family has made. He came to tell you that there are miracles that can happen. And relationships and open doors that you thought would never be open, never be available, are available. He came to say you, to you that you are absolutely worth it to Him. And it doesn't matter what you've done or where you're from or how deep the sin has been. You're worth it. And He was broken to fix your brokenness. And if you're here today and you can feel something stirring in your heart about some brokenness or some sin that you've been holding on to, then you need to confess it. 
you need to admit it. You can't, you can't hide it. You can't excuse it. You can't justify it anymore. You've got to go to him and you've got to say, God, I, this has been in my life. This has been part of my life. I'm not denying it. I'm not excusing it away. I'm not going to say why it's justified for me to act this way. This is in my life and it shouldn't be here. You need to confess it to God. And you need to let him forgive you for it. Fix it and take it away. He came to be broken to do that. So you've got to admit it. You've got to confess it. If you're here and you've got some burden and you've been feeling that guilt and shame and it's not something that you've been avoiding, it's something you're very much aware of. And there's a sin or a mistake or something you've done, something that you're ashamed of and you're embarrassed of and you just feel guilty for, but you have been holding on to it, hiding it because you don't know what anybody is going to think or what they're going to say or how it affects things. And part of you might even hold on to it because it allows you to have some sense of self-pity. You've got to let it go. Jesus came for you to forgive you. And you are not worse than any other sinner, any other person here. And you don't need to, and you're not supposed to hold on to that guilt and shame anymore. You need to let him forgive you and take it away. And if you're hearing this, and God is stirring something inside your heart, and you feel this growing passion, this need to just do things different, that you want God, you want Christ Jesus to fix and change and give you that new life, to have your brokenness restored. That means you've got to start walking the path that He has for you. And when He gives you direction and He lays out what it is you need to be doing and when you need to be doing it, you need to follow Him in down-to-earth, real, practical ways. That's what God has for us today. We need to confess our sins. We need to accept forgiveness. And we need to start following Him step by step by step. Amen. And giving Him the glory and the honor and the worship that He deserves. Because He came to be broken. To fix your brokenness. Just like dad bailed me out. He didn't bail me out. Like I wasn't, no. I, I'm, <laughs> that's, not, that's not some other story, right? Just like my parents have fixed so many things that I have broken. And your parents fixed things for you. And you fixed things for your kids. And that burden was there and that was real. 
and it was annoying and it was frustrating, but you did it because you love your kids. You love your siblings. God has even more love for you. And he willingly was broken to fix your brokenness. And so whatever it is that God is calling you to do today, do it today. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Don't say, ah, it's not convenient. There is nothing more important today than doing what God is calling you to do today. Because there is no guarantee of tomorrow, and there is no point in missing out on what he has for you next. You can start that journey of whatever it is he has for you next. Today. And the blessing that he has for you is ready and available. Take whatever step he's calling you to take. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways.